time that we do these recordings, my sense of humor is like a 12-year-old child. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the AfterSpark Podcast, an episode-by-episode episode recap of the Generation 1 Transformers cartoon. I'm Els. And I'm Spex. And today we're going to be talking about episode number four, Transport to Oblivion. <laughs> Let's talk about giant robots today, shall we? Yeah. So last time, if you'll remember, uh, we finished the pilot for the original Transformers cartoon, which involved them leaving Cybertron, falling asleep on Earth for four million years, waking up, and Decepticon Autobot shenanigans. Yeah. Well, all that stuff... Forget everything you just learned, because almost none of that matters now. Uh, you know, the Autobots were leaving at the end of the pilot. They were going to go back to Cybertron. Revitalize it? Yeah, that didn't happen. It's not going to happen. They're just going to be chilling on Earth for the time being. So, you know, we open up back the arc. Cliffjumper is seeing things, and by things we mean Decepticons. Yep, and this is why you don't look into the sun, kids. Meanwhile, Ironhide's kind of topless again. I mean, honestly, his paint... Job kind of looks like he's wearing a halter top, so that doesn't really help. He, it keeps fluctuating, but we're pretty sure he's supposed to be red on top, but he keeps popping up gray periodically, so, eh. Yeah. Anyway, Cliffjumper uh, shoots an unfriendly rock, which falls down and nearly takes out Optimus and Ironhide. And then Ironhide, so, so you know, Cliffjumper's like, oh, I thought it was a Decepticon. And Ironhide's like, the Decepticons are gone for good, he says. Last wordsingly. Says Ironhide. Last wordsingly. <laughs> Thankfully, Optimus seems to have learned his lesson from the pilot. It is, you know, kind of like, I'm not so sure. He's, let's, he's basically like, well, let's be cautious about this. Right, you know, the smart thing. Yeah. And meanwhile, Megatron preens about fooling the Autobots. And fooling them good. Mm-hmm. And I think we see, like, this really fantastic underwater city that the Decepticons have built. I, so, so I think it's, it's like, the remains of their ship. Well, that... it's built around the remains of their ship. <laughs> or something. It's, anyway, they've done a lot of work, and as I previously stated, uh, in the last episode, Soundwave was able clearly to land the ship without completely destroying it because they're using it as their base. Yeah, and honestly, the Decepticons just seem like they're a hell of a lot more handy at building things than the Autobots. I, except maybe Wheeljack, maybe? Yeah. Back on Cybertron, we see Shockwave again, who's chilling at his gun. He's he's shooting randomly at, at something. It's it kind of looks like he's shooting at the ground, and then he transforms. And part of him just sort of nopes out screen right when he <laughs> when he transforms into robot mode, and it's like, is it a monocle? Is it a monocle for his gun? And then he just kind of drags himself into the other room, and it's a really great tired walk. Which is relevant to an upcoming point. <laughs> so, apparently, for the past, oh, four million years, Shockwave has been trying to call Megatron? Yep. Talk about needy. And, you know, so he tries again, only this time Megatron's, you know, actually awake. So Max is like, holy fuck, you're still alive. <laughs> and and it's, it's like, home phone's you. <laughs> uh, Megs has many titles, uh, we find out during this conversation. One of which is future ruler of the universe. Self-proclaimed, clearly. And Shockwave is basically dying of starvation. This is the relevant point. <laughs> I guess most of Cybertron is, Like I think is what you said. Yeah, the implication, or maybe it's just a very uh, wide-ranging headcanon, is that sometime after the Autobots and Decepticon leadership uh, left Cybertron, that basically Cybertron itself, or whoever was in charge of it, so Shockwave, I guess, started shutting everyone down in order to conserve energy because 
the plan is not orbiting a sun or anything. It's just flying through space with no power source. So, regardless, uh, we find out the Decepticons are almost done with their shiny new space bridge. Yeah. Uh, basically, so they can shuffle back and forth from Earth to Cybertron. Yep. Uh, we get the return of Soundwave creeping on humans, uh, this time with 90% more rock and roll. And then the magical race-changing man, because someone got their color notes mixed up. He goes from uh, black in the first scene to white in the second, and then it's back to black. And everyone, like all of the blue-collar workers in here, all have the same sort of outfit that Spike and Sparkplug wear. So it must be fashion trendsetters or something. <laughs> I mean, I know it's just a really simple design going logically as far as the right right goes, but, but yeah so basically soundwave has infiltrated a solar energy plant uh and transforms out of uh, his boombox mode and releases laser beak um which uh today is operation destruction he's used that one before right he's just reusing them now he's he, just reusing them he is he is and then blasting through a window shutter enter the decepticons the rest of the decepticons because, I mean, this obviously isn't a door because there's a freaking lip. Yeah, it's really strange. I was looking at it, it looked kind of like a garage door, but it, it wasn't because there was it wasn't, like, flush to the ground. It was very strange. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, it begs the question of, if they were just going to blast in anyway, what did Soundwave going in as a boombox really do? Social engineering. I don't know. I'm worried, I got mean, that the post. Only, <laughs> the only thing I can think of is maybe he'd been there for a while and was spying on them, but, but it, I just don't know. Like, yeah, who knows? Anyway, moving on. We cut to Spike and Jazz. They're in traffic, and Spike's not using a seatbelt. Actually, so we looked this up. Seatbelt laws didn't start becoming commonplace in the U.S. until the mid-80s or the early 90s, depending on the state. So when this was made, that was actually probably pretty normal. And I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I remember all the wear seatbelt stuff that I know some of it's still out there, but I feel like there's less of it maybe. Mm-hmm, because it's pretty normalized now. And also, going from apparently something that I heard about the new mystery schools things, they might have just decided they didn't want to, you know, animate seatbelts. <laughs> I'm... Okay, <laughs> that's, that's a fair statement. It's a possibility, but it's prob- It's more likely that, you know, it just, it just wasn't, wasn't culturally a yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Jazz is trying to destroy a child's eardrum, apparently, uh, with the power of really loud music and Spike in the front seat. Yep. And remember, he's 14. I still I still can't believe that he's actually 14. <laughs> it's okay, officer. My car is driving me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he kind of merely throws Spike through the windshield when... Basically, he has to slow down really, really fast. Basically, like, there's three inches between him and the car in front yeah, of him when he Jazz is a very exact driver. Basically, they hit a traffic jam, uh, yep. and something is clearly causing chaos within the city. And then Jazz does a totally illegal U-turn and zooms back to the Ark. Uh, so apparently, the city's losing power due to Decepticon shenanigans at the solar plant. You'd think they, you know, build their own, you know, solar plant somewhere in the ocean where no one would know. And I mean, God, these guys are so handy, and apparently they can't do that. Well, it's just like, 
why would you why would you want to tell the Autobots you're still alive? <laughs> this is this is the part I'm confused about. Obviously, this is to facilitate robot flirting, aka punching. Obviously. Um so you know, once they figure this out, Prime's like, oh fuck, Megatron's still alive. And he sounds oddly breathless about it too, so going back to the robot flirting. Robot flirting, yeah. Uh and we get another toy roll call, uh this time with more gears bullying the bee. Mm-hmm. Alternatively, Gears is just kind of a dick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Soundwave is gathering debt Energon with his uh, patented cubes again. Yep, and then the Autobots burst through a skylight. Why is that even there? <laughs> Obviously for natural light, and I mean, Ratchet's leading the charge? Like, oh, okay. sure. Put your medic in front. That's fine. He likes kicking people. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously he had to take out his aggression on, you know, the glass first. <laughs> Okay, so you're telling me someone pissed off Ratchet, shoved him in front of a line, and said, get them to about the Decepticons. Hey, I wouldn't... I'd watch that. I wouldn't expect anything less from the Autobots. I mean, some of them do weird stuff. They do. So, um, we get into the fight proper, and uh, Cliff Jumper, the maniac, if you remember, tries to take on Megatron by himself. Um, Cliff Jumper, literally, <laughs> only comes up to Megatron's waist. It looks... Mm. Bad. Anyway, placement. <laughs> Cliff Jumper punches Megatron in the nads. Oh sure. <laughs> now we get a new sound effect. Clang. Megatron's nads are that badass. Apparently, they don't get the bulk sound effect. punching each other again. And then the Seekers escape with Energon, and so this they basically are just holding the Energon to their tummies, and then they transform and it goes away. <laughs> it goes in their tummies. Anyway, uh, Megatron gets a competent handler today. Hello, Soundwave. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and Ironhide takes a hit for Prime. I used to be a war hero, then I took a fusion cannon to the chest. Back to base, uh, Ratchet is repairing him. Ratchet's patented tender love and care as he shuts off Ironhide's voice box with, you know, a button. Apparently that exists, and good man. (laughs) Just like a button in his torso or something? And he's just like, don't you sass me! (laughs) Nobody sasses Ratchet, no regret it. And then Bumblebee is sent out to scout out the Decepticons' plans. And he takes Spike. Like, Spike comes up to him and says, hey, can I come with you? Bumblebee's like, sure, why not? And I'm like... Why? Why? Leave this squishy at home! And they, like, he just sort of goes off-roading. Randomly! In the exactly the right place to find the Decepticons. Okay, can we pause for a moment and ask ourselves, why is the Autobots recon guy bright yellow? Well, I guess Mirage, Mr. Invisible, is indisposed at the moment, and, uh, well, Jazz could have also done it, probably, since he's the uh, head of special ops. At least in But no, we said the brightly the bright yellow freaking Volkswagen bug. Anyway, so they go into like a and they call it a riverbed. 
But it's, no, that's not a riverbed. That's either a giant canyon or a weird-ass giant culvert. Not a riverbed. Yeah, it doesn't look like a riverbed. The Septicons are testing their space bridge to Cybertron. Uh, the test fails. And then Starscream mouths off again. <laughs> Must be Tuesday. So apparently, uh, the test had failed. Uh, apparently a driver for the space bridge vehicle will fix everything. Why? I mean, do you need some sort of consciousness to direct the space bridge? I think their implication was somebody would be driving the space vehicle, but I really don't feel like they are later, you know? This is weird. I mean, considering what happens with Megatron, he's not driving shit. (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, But Bumblebee and Spike are like, oh shit, that's Decepticons, and they attempt to escape badly, uh, falling into the canyon with the Decepticons. So the thing is, um, they they get up close to the edge of the culvert and they look down and it's like, oh shit, no, we gotta leave. And then Bumblebee just freaking stands up and tries to transform. And then they like, slide down. <laughs> other things, he tries to transform in direct view with the Decepticons. And it's like, what the hell? You couldn't go like 10 feet back from the edge where they maybe wouldn't have seen you or something? Yeah, and they just Slides down the edge of this frame cover. I know, it's like, plump, d- deposited it right in the Decepticon's lap, basically. Yeah, right at Megatron's feet. And then they are voluntold that they're going to be Space Bridge volunteers. I still like voluntold. I do too. Shockwave informs Megatron it'll take 3,000 astroseconds until they can use the Space Bridge again. What the fuck is an astrosecond? I don't know. I mean, like, I think I tried doing math to figure out how many, like, minutes, 3,000 I, I want to say you were like, okay, assuming it's a second, that's like 50 minutes or something. Something like that, which seems like a really long time, so presumably it's like... Well, and why would you count it in seconds? I don't know. They're dumb robots. I Any- love them, but they're dumb. Anyway, so, like, they get shoved into the, the like, uh, space bridge vehicle, and somehow... They escape by Bumblebee transforming in the vehicle, and they kind of bust out, and I don't even... why. It's just madness, is what it is. It's madness. Yeah. They're running away, and then Bee turns into a car, and somehow Spike is keeping up with Bee, who is in car mode. And yeah, I know a human can outrun a horse over a short distance, but not a car. Not something that can go, like, 60 miles per hour after four seconds. Jeez. Uh, Operation Capture, as Soundwave uh, shoots out Ravage to chase after these two idiots. Hello, Ravage, my beautiful son. And then Spike trips. Shocker. Uh, B attempts an escape. The environment animation and the sequence is surprisingly good. Frankly, I want to know how much moolah they spent on that. (laughs) Or why. (laughs) Why is the biggest question to me. Yeah, I mean, it's a weird decision to animate this background, because I don't think they do it. They don't do it very often if they do it later, so. Bumblebee hides in a cave. This fails because he climbs out and pops out right in front of Starscream and Megatron. And then they hold him (laughs) down and Megatron uses his brain-sucking chest tentacle to alter Bumblebee's memories. You heard me. This might be some sort of, like, weird future reference to the Robo Smasher, but probably not. I'm just saying, there was a tentacle involved. (laughs) Yeah, but this is a grand scheme by the Decepticons to lure the Autobots into a trap. This works. At some point, Sparkplug declares that Spike is not going to Robo Summer Camp, aka Cybertron. Never mind that his life is already basically Robot Summer Camps. You know, <laughs> all robots all the time. Pretty much. So Prime is somewhat apprehensive.
apprehensive of going into a random cave, but Bumblebee is apparently never wrong, Prime, according to Ironhide, uh, and then lo and behold, the Decepticons attack. And wreak havoc upon this delicate cave ecosystem. Okay, there's a lot to unpack in this scene, so let's go down some of the greatest hits. <clears throat> One, Jazz is apparently excellent at baseball as he home runs a laser blast back at Starscream with a stalagmite. We, two, we regret to inform you the new Ratchet toy comes with a handy bird capture net, which he captures laser beak with. What does he even do with it the rest of the time? Captures patience, <laughs> I guess. And then Bonk! Yes. The return of Bonk! <laughs> four, Megatron summons a buzzsaw from his hand, which he then shoots at Optimus Prime. Naturally, the only thing this does is it frees Prime from a tiny rock that was holding him captive. And last but not least, Shockwave calls Megatron at an inopportune time to tell him his space bridge is ready. Actually, we could probably use this amount of time to calculate the amount of how long freaking astroseconds are. Well, no, we can't because, like, presumably we, we weren't oh. with them the entire time. Damn it, yeah. So. Damn it. Uh, Megatron <laughs> orders a retreat and Starscream says, Starscream, retreat never! Lying to himself <laughs> and the audience. In order to trap the Autobots in the cave, Starscream assists Megatron with getting his rocks off to block the entrance. You heard me. And then the Autobots regroup and blast out of the cave, except the rocks go in toward the cave, towards them, instead of out. <sighs> they had to save animation. They had to save money somewhere. <laughs> After that amazing, like, uh, anim uh, environment animation, they're like, okay, just screw the rocks, man. And then Ratchet notices Bumblebee's memories have been tampered with because part of Bumblebee's chest armor is askew or something. Oh, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. He like sort of shoots this stupid little laser beam. It's like, oh yeah, there seems to be some tampering going on here. Thanks, Ratchet. And like fixes it, and then Bumblebee remembers the correct location of the space bridge. Um, so back at the space bridge, uh, now Shockwave's talking about minutes instead of astroseconds. Who explained Earth time to him? Maybe Thundercracker did? I don't know. Maybe, maybe. one of the cassettes, maybe Ravage got on the horn. <laughs> Ravage is just like, listen, counting them in seconds is dumb. Anyway, Spike is shoved back into the space bridge vehicle, and they strap him in this time. Ah, yes. Someone finally invented a freaking safety harness in this silly show, and it's the Decepticons. <laughs> The Autobots arrive, and another fight breaks out. This is the third freaking fight in a 20-minute cartoon! Yep. So, then, Ironhide almost shoots Spike, and Optimus actually does, but not before weirdly adjusting the barrel of his gun. Like a camera lens. You know, like one of those fancy macro lenses or something? Yeah, like the ones that you twist and it'll go in or out. Yeah, because it's like, he twists it, and this. In the, like, in the front of the gun kind of does that. It's very strange. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Optimus shoots the straps off Spike, allowing him to escape, being caught by B. Megatron enters the space bridge in an attempt to salvage the Energon shipment and gets caught up in the whirlwind created by the space bridge. Merry go Megatron. That's that's honestly the first damn thing I thought of when we when we got to this bit. Basically, he's been picked up by the vortex. He's getting, like, you know... Whirled around in, in a, a circle, circle and goes and... through the space branch. <laughs> yeah. And it disappears. So, um, Starscream proclaims himself the leader of the Decepticons. And is followed by his exact duplicate. The return of Mini-Me! Twice the Starscream, double the screech. Truly, Megatron's worst nightmare, nightmare has finally been realized. Oh, um, so apparently there is a thing where 
there's the unicron singularity where like unicron and primus and like the 13 primes and whatever are all like a universal constant and oh, that God. the death of unicron causes like all of these dumb animation errors and that's why they're there <laughs> no i no. think it's so dumb apparently that's something that is some it came from some sort of official source but take it as you will. I ignore it because I think it's silly. Yeah, that's too silly, even for me. <laughs> and I like most of the shit these idiots get up to. So, uh, Starscream orders a retreat. Uh, now, about what he said earlier about never retreating. Yeah. Oh, your hypocrisy, Starscream. <laughs> it you knows. can't lead Antoids! It knows no bounds. Clearly. Uh, so the Autobots celebrate defeating Megatron for good. Uh, mercifully, Optimus isn't so sure this time, so somebody learned something. And uh, Megatron's fine! He's just chilling on Cybertron. He'll get his revenge. Like, Shockwave sounded so happy when he showed up. And, yeah, as Megatron swears his revenge, his eyes glow, like, menacingly red. Of course they do, because he's a Decepticon. <laughs> All right. So join us next time for the Transformers Episode 5, Roll For It. In which case, we will get to see uh, Ravage kidnapping a boy in a wheelchair and the introduction of Jet Judo. Yep. It's a fan favorite in many, many fanfics years later. Also, sound like reading a, a like, teenager's mind. Mm-hmm. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. So... Specs, what are our fanfics for the day? Okay, first up, we have Undercover by Tyria King. It's in the G1 cartoon continuity, rated T, and it's general, so there aren't any pairings. Uh, characters, Bumblebee and the G1 cast, in summary. Sometimes it's not always the quiet ones. Sometimes it's the lovable cute one. Sometimes the least likely can be the most dangerous. And our theme for this recommendation is... Bumblebee being sneaky, because if he was attempting to be sneaky in the episode, he kind of failed, but he was attempting it. Yeah, yeah. And so this one is a one-shot, because I figured I should keep track whether it's one-shots, complete, or an in-progress oh, thing that's probably good. not going to be completed. That's good. And so, yeah. All right, our next one is Insomnia by Koi Lungfish. Based on the G1 cartoon continuity, it's rated T for teens. It's Jen, so again, no pairings. And our character for this one is Shockwave. Shockwave's isolation on Cybertron is driving him insane. This one's kind of a little little darker. <laughs> but, uh, so our character, the theme for this one is Shockwave. And it's a one-shot. And then our next one is Worlds Away by Wayward Insecticon. It's uh, part of the G1 cartoon continuity, K+, Jen... No pairings. Instead of characters, well, it focuses on the Decepticons. And there's a few OCs, original characters. So, in summary, Cybertron, the symbol of the Decepticon cause, is on a collision course with a star. There's a heavy con bias to the characters involved, just as a warning. So this one, it's been a, quite a long time since I've read this one, but it's one that I enjoyed. It's part of a series, actually, but you can read it on its own. And part of the reason I included this one was Space Bridge Shenanigans, with a question mark. But it's basically about saving Cybertron, which seems relevant to basically what's going on on Cybertron right now, and starving. Fair enough. But it's also complete. And it's one of Wayward's older works, so it's... I think it's good, but your mileage may vary. 
And that just about wraps it up for us today. Remember to check out our Tumblr at afterspark-podcast.tumblr.com for any additional information, show notes, or links we may have mentioned. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at AfterSparkPod, all one word, and SoundCloud and YouTube at AfterSparkPodcast. Till next time, this has been AfterSparkPodcast. Toodles! Toodles!